Hi, my name is Farron, and you're listening to Hungry for Apples podcast. Please follow me on Instagram, F-A-E-R-N, and check out my website, Farron.me. what's up? How's it going? Welcome back to Hungry for Apples. I wanted to talk a little bit today about color. Color has always been kind of a big deal for me. It, um, it's come to me easy. I used to do a lot of artwork and the color wheel when I was being taught that it was almost as if I already knew it. I was matching up colors really well, you know, the whole pleasing to the eye thing and doing complimentary colors at a really young age, whatever you want to say. I was good with color. So color has always been uh, pretty effective for me as a topic. Uh, I enjoyed it with painting. I also enjoy it in my home and plants or a variety of greens and all of that kind of stuff. Today, what I want to do is just give a little bit of an intro because what I am planning is doing a series on colors. So what the idea is that I'll do one podcast per color or maybe two colors, something like that. I haven't exactly decided because some colors have a lot of history. They have been in a part of a lot of cultural history and different archaeological things and all that kind of fun stuff. So I thought it would be a good thing to cover since I have always enjoyed color, but it's a lot. I can't do that in one podcast. So I'm going to break it down and I figure I do a little bit of an intro and that's where you are right now. For the most part, I just want to talk about the three stages of color production. But before I do, I wanted to say that I assume most people know that color affects them in some way. And even more so at this point, that advertising takes advantage of how we are affected by color, implying trust or maybe agitating you into buying your things and leaving quickly as possible. All of this gets mixed up with our, our personal experiences with color. You know, colors we like, our environment, um, maybe the colors our parents like, the way things were decorated when we were very young and stuff like that. All of this has an effect on how we perceive color. But the basics, you know, the basics. Let's let's go there. To see color, you need light. And we all perceive light differently. So we'll, of course, then see colors differently. The same color is going to look very different for you than for me. Color can be defined as the limited range of light that we humans can see, right? So we have, you know, we have a set of cones and rods in our eyes and we have a certain amount of them and then dogs have a different amount and let's say butterflies have another amount. Dogs have less than us and butterflies have more than us. How we personally see color depends on how our cones are doing in our retina. These cones are in the centermost part of the retina. And each of them have their own sensitivity. 
And there are three different types of cones to go with the three different major color spectrums. And we naturally have more sensitivity to red light. So that would mean that we would have more cones that see red light. Most babies don't have full color vision until they're five months old. That's a long time. Actually, not really. And if you think about how long our life is, that's not very long. But I think people think that babies can see color. I really do. I really think that people think babies can see color sooner than they actually can, which is so interesting. When they're developing, their eyes are watching the movement and they're, they're connecting the where the light ends and the dark begins or where the dark ends and the light begins, whatever it is. So they're tracing the shapes of things at first. And after a while, they get to see the color red. Our genetics also shift how we see colors. So, you know, how this happens in our bodies, the order of things and how bright they are is going to be very different for all of us. The three stages of color production. Okay, so number one, pretty obvious. We need a light source. Without light, there is no color. And each type of light has their own spectrum. So LED, fire, moonlight, sunlight, all the different light bulbs, every single light bulb has its own spectra. So we need a light source. And then we need an object, right? That makes sense. Number one, a light source. Number two, an object. So this light source shines on the object. And that object diffuses, scatters, reflects, absorbs, and transmits the light. All objects do this differently and have also their own spectral properties. So why would an object do it differently? It would depend on their density, whether or not there's a lot of texture on the object, um, the thickness, I mean, I guess that's density, all the different types of surfaces, whether it's smooth or shiny, there's all different ways in an object that can per that an object can project light or change light and that that change is going to shift the way the color looks to our eye. Which brings us to the third stage of color production, the eye, the seer. Our eyes resolve all of these different spectra. So the light source, the object, all the scattering, all of that, our eyes put all that back together. Actually, our brain does, but our eye has the mechanism to resolve it. That's the cone and rod situation happening in there. But also, um, I said an eye or a seer, right? Because there's artificial intelligence and computers and cameras that can be taught to see color in this way. Two objects must reflect the light identically in order to appear the same exact color. I mean, you can see that when you, um, you know, let's say you're going to buy some markers or some kind of thing like that at the store, and you're looking at all of the greens. All of the greens are going to look the same, right? Otherwise, why would you buy that product? If you're an artist, you know what I'm saying. There's no consistency, and there's a measurement that we're looking at that we're pleased by that we use in our work. It's very interesting. I never really looked at it as a measurement myself at the time, 
but now it makes a lot of sense. The brain fills in most of the color information with what we already know to be true. So we'll look at something and we'll see a little tiny thumb speck of a color and our brain is putting everything else together. It's fantastically amazing. And it's all based on what we already know. And so as we go through our life, there's no way to separate our opinion and what we've been taught from how we see the color. And then there's also the science of color. So it's just so very interesting. It's just so very interesting. I mean, think about this. Have you ever seen a blue banana? No, bananas are yellow, oranges are orange. If you go to the grocery store and, you know, I know the videos, a lot of videos I've watched use this example, so I'm just going to go ahead and use it. Orange juice. If there's one bottle of orange juice um, that looks a little bit different, it's a little bit off color, that's the one you're probably not going to purchase. But, you know, that's just based on your, your eyes, not necessarily the orange. It's very interesting. The color rules cannot be broken. We can break design rules all day long, which, is real, which are really based on opinion, right? So the, the things they say about the rules of using color in artwork in your home and all of that, and in um, logos, you know, basically what I was saying before, trust and, and um, excitement and things like that, all of these are buzzwords for color. They're used in logos intentionally. So we can br break design rules, but all of that does is create a color agitation, which cannot break the rule of color because the color is just doing what it does. It, the design is based on opinion. And then anyhow, the color isn't really doing anything. It's the light that's doing it. Because remember, you cannot have color without light. So stay tuned for future episodes on color. I'm looking to go into the history of different colors and where they showed up and why they showed up and how they were discovered. There's all different interesting things about color. Email me with any kind of questions. And if you have a color suggestion, let me know. I'm thinking about doing green first because it makes the most sense, but you have to wait to find out why it makes the most sense. Thank you so much for joining me today. I mean, I think it's really interesting. So if you like color, it might be not a bad idea to really take a look at how you're looking at color all day long. Maybe there are some colors out there that you're not even aware that you're seeing because you're so used to seeing whatever is right next to it, whether it be a particular storefront having a very bright color and then maybe it's overshadowing this cute little shop that's next to it that you never really noticed things like that so notice color and have a great week thank you so much for tuning in bye all right that's our show for this week thanks for listening all the way through if you enjoyed the podcast please consider a small donation over at patreon.com backslash fern and feel free to reach out to me on instagram f-a-e-r-n or if you have any questions check out my website fern.me you can contact me there you can see my class schedule and upcoming events again you've been listening to hungry for apples with your host fern i'm just feeling it out Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye.